Welcome to Failing Forward. I'm here today with Mark Malhotra, and he's going to talk about digital failures and working with digital consultants in order to design apps and how we could all do that better. Thanks for joining us on Failing Forward this morning, Mark. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself for the listeners? Hi, my name is Mark Malhotra. I'm on the Care US Innovation Team, and I work uh, both on our Scale by Design program, which is a internal accelerator that Care US runs. But I also work closely with country office teams and the country offices themselves on uh, bringing innovative policies and systems and structures into their offices. Why is it important for us to be talking about failure? I think it's important for us to be talking about failure because we don't recognize the situations where we have failed and then also learn from how we changed course because of those challenges, then we won't learn from our mistakes. Uh, so the best way to not repeat a mistake is to talk about it and also talk about the solution that you arrived at. Tell us a little bit about the context of the example you're giving us today. I've been working closely for the last year and a half, the team based in Tanzania, but also in partnership with the Care Access Africa team, which takes a look at all our financial inclusion activities. And we've been working on a solution to digitize savings groups. Our intent was to build a smartphone application for savings groups that would digitize their bookkeeping activities, but also open up the option for a marketplace where these savings groups could be connected to formal financial products in a way that was less expensive than the traditional way of having banking agents and communities registering them for these financial products. That was the, the project itself was looking at digitizing these groups. And you just launched the app, so we know lots of it worked. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about some of the pieces that didn't work. So we just launched the app a couple of weeks ago. We have groups in Tanzania that are using the application. But as you mentioned, the process itself was a long one and we learned a lot along the way. The challenge or the kind of failure that I like to speak about today was as we kicked off the process and started the initial development of the application itself. We had a, a consultant with us on the team who had a previous history in building tech solutions in a couple countries in Africa and understood the market quite well. And we were working with them to find partners to work with in building the application itself. So we were looking for software developers. This individual ended up pitching to us the concept of him actually building the application and working with us in a very iterative way where we could build pieces of the application, take it out to savings groups, get feedback from these groups on what we were building, take that feedback, incorporate it into the application itself, and that way, we were really using human-centered design approaches in building this application. This obviously was very appealing to us. He didn't have a lot of experience on the Android side from a development perspective, but had a broad range of experience in other areas of programming and said this was a challenge that he was really interested in taking on. Because he understood the project and the work we were doing and was very enthusiastic, we decided to move forward and bring him on as our lead developer for this project. Over the course of developing the project itself, we had some challenges in the actual development. When we got to deadlines and got to, you know, the time in which the application was supposed to be finished, or we're supposed to have major builds of the application to take to groups, we consistently had delays. Pieces of the application weren't being developed as quickly as we expected or hoped based on the initial timelines. And as time went on, the application wasn't getting developed in the manner which we were hoping or expecting to do. So at a certain point, we had to pivot and we had to take a look at bringing on additional talent to help complete the application. 
the vendor ultimately wasn't able to deliver on the initial commitments that he made. You and I were talking about this a little bit before, and one of the things that I mentioned was that I've had similar experiences working with digital consultants, is that we think we've agreed on something and, and we as care have a certain set of expectations that somehow don't match at all with what the consultant we were working with can deliver or promise to deliver or thinks is reasonable in the time frame. How do you think that happened? I think in this situation, we had someone that, that we trusted and we believed to be an expert in the field, someone who had experience kind of on the tech side. As care employees, we can discount our own experiences. The team that we had in Tanzania, none of us were experts in software development, but a number of us did have experience generally in the area and obviously have experience working with consultants and, and tracking projects. Since we weren't experts in the field, we deferred more to him than maybe we should have. We saw him as an expert and someone who was managing his work and could manage his own workload. We weren't probably project managing that side of the work as closely as we could have or should have. There were also times where maybe you know we had doubts about how things were progressing, but again, deferred to him. And he's saying this is how software development works, continuing to put the trust in there and maybe not trusting our own guts to the extent that we should have and started raising red flags earlier. So I think we would have made that pivot earlier if we trusted ourselves a bit more in our own experience with working with vendors and consultants and maybe pushed on areas where, where we didn't when it came to deadlines and seeing progress and you know just being a bit more active in day-to-day -day project management than, to be honest, we thought was necessary. Now you're in a situation where you have a consultant, you haven't gotten what you wanted out of it, you're late on deadlines and don't have the products that you needed. How did you move past all that? We basically had to, one, take stock of what we had, did a gap analysis where we looked at our original requirements document and said, this is what needed to be built. Based on our, we did a lot of intensive testing of the application to see what had been built, what hadn't been built. So we had a really clear picture of what still needed to be done to get us to a product that we could launch. We also, at that point, kind of crowded in some additional support through the CARE network. We were connected to some other individuals on the CARE US innovation team, on the CARE US digital team, and built a small steering committee to also support the process of pivoting, finding a new vendor or consultant to work with, and embarking on that kind of second stage of this process. In taking that step, we also learned from what we, you know, some of the mistakes we did in the past. So we really looked for vendors that had a lot of experience on the Android side of things. We were a lot more thorough when it came to checking references, reviewing proposals, getting multiple quotes from multiple places to try to supplement our own understanding and make sure that we were making the right decision. Post-selection, we were a lot more involved in that day-to-day -day tracking. The team we ended up going with had everything, in a, had everything set up online that we could track the progress on a, almost a daily basis to see what had or hadn't been done yet from our list. They said, we can get involved as much as we want. It was up to us. As a team, we took the opportunity to be very involved. And I think that one really broadened our learning and understanding of the software development process but two, also made sure that we were, we were really on top of what was happening, how we were moving. As in a lot of cases, there's always challenges in software development. There's bugs that come up that you don't expect. You have to make decisions and changes and, and so forth. But I think since we were a lot more on top of things with the new vendor, they made a big difference in what our expectations were, what the expectations of the steering committee were, and even the expectations of the savings groups that we were working with. 
we were bringing builds of this application out to them to test and get their thoughts. And as we did this, they were interested and excited about using the product. So part of it was also setting the expectations with them on when this would be ready, when this would be finished, when they could start using the application with their, with their groups on a regular basis. I heard you say earlier, some of the things on reflection you wish had happened were trusting your gut earlier, thinking about just because this person is an expert doesn't mean I'm wrong about all of the things I know. And I heard you say raising red flags sooner in the process. Are there other things that you would do differently if you could do it all over again? That's the biggest piece. I think the other thing that we learned about in the process was also, you mentioned this at one point, is around the expectations and timelines. I think we learned a lot about software development and the timelines that are needed and having a really clear understanding of a piece of software can be built or a smartphone application can be built. There's a whole other stage of work that has to be done between having a a quote-unquote finished product and having a product that's ready to scale in the market. There's a whole testing side, not only with the team testing it, but also doing small market tests with groups to make sure it's in a place where all the small bugs are worked out of the system. All the nuances of how groups work are accounted for in the application in one way or another. Uh, so I think from a timing perspective and you know being realistic about those timelines, that's another area where everybody likes to hear the shortest timeline possible to get to market. In hindsight, I think I would have pushed more on, let's not look at the timeline as the shortest possible. Let's look at what the timeline needs to be to make sure that we're realistically getting a product that can go to market. And if you set those expectations earlier with the organization, with groups, with those who are funding the work, that just makes for a smoother ride. And how would you go about setting that more realistic timeline if you're not somebody who's been involved in app development before? As an organization, there's a lot of advantages of working with CARE. We have a broad team, a broad network of experience that you can reach out to our digital team, our innovation team, other individuals within the network that have this experience that can come on board and can support this process. Everyone isn't a tech expert. Everyone doesn't have an understanding of how software is built. But at the same time, it's also not rocket science to understand the basics. It's taking advantage of the experience that we have on the team, bringing in people that can help you and can walk you through the process. But it's also a great learning experience for our country offices to have a foundational understanding of of how these things work so they can speak the language when they are talking to a tech company or a developer and understand the basics. My suspicion is that we're going to see more and more processes like this where people are trying to build apps or other kinds of software to work. And I saw an evaluation recently that said a partner was in charge of the app part of a project. And the evaluation said the only people who benefited from this app are the designers who now have the reputation that they work on USAID projects. What would you say from all of this is a lesson that other people should take forward or recommendations other people can take forward so that we're actually using this to improve our impact for the people we serve as opposed to for the software designers? From the beginning with Chimoka, the one thing that I think we did very well from the beginning was we were very focused on the end users. The Chimoka team was part of the Scale by Design inaugural cohorts. And as part of the accelerator program, there's a lab on human-centered design, which I think is a very valuable lab for everyone in our organization to go through and to understand really how you make sure that the solutions that you're developing not only tech solutions, but all solutions, are really focused on those end users. We started the process of designing Chimoka, which is the name of the application would be, with our Caritanz NIA staff have a savings group themselves. 
they took pieces of paper and they physically drew out what they thought a smartphone application for a savings group should look like. We took those paper mock-ups, we went out to groups, we went out to community-based trainers, and we ran them through those mock-ups to get their feedback and suggestions. And they told us what they liked, what they didn't like, what they would change, why this would work for them, why this wouldn't work for them. We then rolled all that into a digital prototype. Again, no back-end development here. This is still just very basic screens that you can click on that move on to the next screen. But by building this prototype, we could then, again, take it out to groups and trainers and get their feedback on the flow, on the screens, on the colors we used, the user interface that we had for Chamoka to make sure that we were on the right path. And then as we were building the application, we built it in sections. And we held true to that during the process and to make sure that we had groups and trainers providing us feedback every step of the way so that when a group had the final product in their hands and using it, a lot of uh, these groups had seen it in other iterations and they weren't completely surprised by what they saw. They were happy to see the developments as we went through the stages to improve the product to make sure it really met their need. I think that's an area that all of our teams should go through when we speak about innovation in country offices and some of the work that our team does more broadly about innovation processes. There's a lot of talk about, you know, how do you do really rapid prototyping? How do you build something small? How do you build something really cheap that you can use to test an idea before you build the full solution? And that's what we were trying to get to with Chamoka. And I think we did a good job of that process of slowly working through that solution before we really invested the money into actually building the application itself. That's a great set of suggestions. I'm currently in the process of working through something where the digital designer, who's a consultant from the outside, keeps saying, it doesn't matter if it works. It doesn't matter if when you click on the button, something happens. It's just about the idea and the prototype. And all of the testers keep saying, please don't give me any buttons that are broken. And then when I click on them, nothing happens. How did you guys navigate trade-offs like that? We, just, we did a lot of focus groups. We sat with savings group members and trainers and really listened to what they had to say and walked them through the process. So they understood that this was step one of, let's say, 10 to get from an idea to a finished product. They were just really excited to be involved in the process at, the, at this level, to be seeing early prototypes to be providing feedback. And yes, to an extent, what you put in front of them has to work. I guess it depends on how you define work and what their expectations are. They weren't expecting to have an end-to-end solution. We were coming in and saying to them, there's this part of the application we wanna test. Can you play around with it and let let us know what you think? Part of it was the expectations that we had when we were speaking to the group members and the trainers, um, but also having them understand that this is one step in a longer process and them being part of that whole process, I think was quite rewarding and interesting for them. Do you have any final thoughts or ideas you want to make sure people hear? I think software development and bringing tech solutions into into our work can be very exciting, also very challenging. Myself and the innovation team as a whole, we're always, our door is always open for country office teams that have questions or, or need support in that area or want to run something by someone, feel free to reach out. Thanks so much for joining us today. Stay tuned for our next Failing Forward.